When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hail cheaters, welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh, I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Okay, I don't know if I know how to feel anymore, Josh. <laughs> you know, we've been playing fantasy for more than a decade now, and there are those weeks where you just really don't know whether I'm feeling fantastic, whether yeah. I'm feeling okay, mm-hmm. or whether, um, much like our friend and uh, I think you should leave, I just don't want to be around anymore. <laughs> well, I can tell you were doing okay because in our pre- sometimes, you know, when you're really, it goes to show that just how much better this year is, that even when you're having kind of a rough week, your mood is still better. Whereas I feel like last year, if there was a bad week and it was like already kind of a bummer to watch games with no fans in the stands, it was like a bad week and it was like, Brennan might just quit everything right uh-huh. now, you know? And it feels so. It, feel like, it feels the energy is a lot different now than it was before. I, I know. I felt it because, you know, you and I had, did this, had done a Patreon pod on Thursday. And I think I think I was giving you good advice, but I think you, you couldn't hear me because we recorded that late on Thursday. I had fallen asleep uh, trying to put my kid to bed. This is a, a thing that many parents know about, which is that when you try, often when I'm trying to put my kid to bed, I'll end up laying in bed next to them. And because, uh, you know, it's like exhausting to get your kids to bed, I have to just fall asleep in right. their bed. Yeah. And so I so I'd woken up from that and uh, I went in to record our pod and you said it was like talking to a zombie uh, on that podcast. <laughs> yeah. so I was a little out of it. And so I was just sort of like, no one should make a transfer this week. Like, don't burn a point. Like, you basically keep, denied yeah. the existence of FPL. And, and, and I think, I think hindsight being what yeah. it is, that was probably the best move this yeah. weekend. Like, everyone, just take your hands off your keyboards. Let, <laughs> yeah. let the FPL gods do what they want. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I think it's going to be an interesting game week 11 to, to quickly review here before we um, start looking forward because – I don't I really don't know how to describe how odd the game week was because none of the heavy hitters came through as predicted. We both started five at the back in our defense and yep. the main players who delivered were in the defense apart yep. from your, your odd midfield here or there. And I think we, we kind of saw that going into game week 11 and that's a really hard game week to navigate when it's all focused on, on yep. the defense. Yeah, yet another week where my forwards did nothing, right? Uh, one, one, and two were the returns I got for my my three forwards that I started this week. Uh, and it was there that I bested you, Josh, and I had uh, two, one, and two. Wow. Yeah. So five, five to four. I mean, that's uh, you've you've got me there. It was just it was just a weird. Yeah. Like, I mean, like I mean, obviously, you know, certain things are going to happen. Like you know, Burnley. Um, Fluky. I mean, it was, that was actually a kind of, it was a particular kind of match. There was a moment about 60 minutes in where I remember thinking to myself, I would not shock me if Burnley scored in this match because mm-hmm. it was a particular kind of match where Chelsea should have been up like three or four, right? And they were just a little bit wasteful, a little bit lazy. Um, there was, 
just you know, uh, just kind of like a little bit of selfishness may have crept in a little bit on, on some on some of the chances, right? Just it wasn't like it was just it was a little too easy for them. And this is like a the kind of match that we've seen before, right? Where it's you're just like if if you guys don't get another goal here, you're gonna draw this match. Yeah, right? I just feel like that is like it's like style of game that we've all seen before, and it just sort of became clear that could happen. And they almost lost it, which is the crazy part. I mean, they <laughs> Vintra had a chance uh, late in that match to actually score and and. and Burnley could have won that match 2-1. I mean, it, it would have been a total smash and grab. Like, they yeah, certainly didn't deserve it. Well, no, match, listen, but. we predicted it, that Vidra was going to have his say in the title race <laughs> yeah, this season. And, uh, you know, it just yeah, happened he, earlier than we thought yeah, it was going to happen. very well. Might. Yeah, what a crazy two weeks, right? I mean, you had Man City lose at home uh, 2-0 to Crystal Palace last week. Uh, and then this week you have uh, this Chelsea drawing two points that they really never should have drawn. And, yeah. and then Liverpool losing away to West Ham, too. I mean, West Ham just incredible. Like, yeah. have to think they're a favorite for, for a Champions League spot now. I know that seems like a crazy thing to say, but it feels like I think they and Arsenal might. Act, I mean, I, maybe it's easy for me to say that they're fourth and fifth right now, but it feels like those two might actually compete for that that spot. Well, yeah, Manchester United, uh, they... You know what more can be said about their right. managerial Nothing. situation, but until yeah. that they until they remedy that, you have to count them out of top four. I think. I mean, there's just the sheer amount of natural talent they have. Yeah, they have it, um, but it's like they yeah, it, it's not working. It's not working. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like, and West Ham is the exact opposite. And I have had many seasons where I have doubted David Moyes or remember his time at Sunderland, where it's like this guy yeah. hit rock bottom real um, sociedad you know we, we, we oh yeah we yeah, yeah i've got yeah. all i've got all the real sociedad trading cards and um i'd be happy to <laughs> you know hit me up um, on the slack if you want to talk about um my yeah. real sociedad pogs as well yeah but yeah. there is something about Moyes and the players he has at west ham where it is clicking the commentary today here stateside was likening them it was um Graham Lasso, former Chelsea defender, likened them to the champion, the champions Leicester City, but with better players. And yep. that was a rather bold statement that he made, but I saw what he was going for. This West Ham team has the the nous plus the tactics, and in it seems like in almost every position they have, like much like Chelsea, they have two players to play. Yeah. And Declan Rice, I mean, just yeah. the, the new right. the new uh and you know the the new Yaya Torre apparently right I the mean, only I, the only yeah. Englishman without a Euro hangover it's incredible yeah seriously and so yeah it's it's awesome and so I mean it makes for really fun I mean we're going into the third international break and they are actually tied I think in the t- are they tied in the table I think they're um, I'll pull it up here real quick I think that they are Chelsea are in first they're four points the three points ahead of Man City and West Ham so West Ham and Man City are three points back and Liverpool are four points back. Um, Arsenal are six, if you think that Arsenal could monte. But I mean, you know, honestly, we probably don't give Arsenal enough credit because they have picked up eleven from eleven points from fifteen, three yeah. on the three on the bounce. Uh, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, and the way that Arsenal is playing defense, and we can talk about that sure. as we go. It's, I think, I think people are talking about it, but they're talking about Arsenal's defense in this sort of way of disbelief like yeah they're putting together consecutive clean sheets on the back of a former like a guy who spent one season at brighton and a young but kind of washed out goalkeeper in ramsdale and yeah and it's all working and that's kind of incredible yeah and i think with ramsdale i mean i think you can just ch- now chalk up last year to him just being on a tough team because he had he had really put in a good performance two seasons before 
right? Where he had looked yeah. very, very impressive. So, um, I, you know, but I think we just had the stink of multiple relegations on him, right? And it's hard to, yeah. it's hard to get, you know, to, to see past that. And, and then, um, and then, yeah. right, Sheffield United was coming off the back of an, like a season, def- a career defining season with Dean Henderson. Yeah. And, they yeah they were clean sheet maestros and then yeah. at Ramsdale comes into a squad that's just completely different and can't can't keep yeah. it up. Yeah, and now he now he looks excellent. You know, and, and really like a good fit for that for that team. You know, I mean, it's, I'll use that as an opportunity to transition to talking about uh, my game week, which was you know kind of weird. I mean, now now I'm looking at Ramsdale honestly because I have this uh, Sanchez problem that I have to solve. You know, 92nd minute red cards. So, so knowing that they even you know conceded in that match, and then for him to get the red card. Um, and I guess just kind of foolishly, um, you know, when I was picking a backup keeper, I was a little more concerned about COVID and a match getting canceled than I was about just getting the backup keeper for the team that I have the, which is like, once he got the red card, I was like, all right, that's what I should have just done. I just have had his backup, you know, steal. Yeah, I should have steal. Instead, I have steer. You know, I was off by two letters, you know? So, Dang it. Uh, yeah, so now I've got Jed steer and I thought I was being very clever there because, uh, I mean, who knows? Like maybe, uh, I guess I can wait a week to make my transfer. Maybe Emmy Martinez will get, uh, you know, will, will come back late or something from, uh, for, mm-hmm. for Argentina and I'll, I'll fluke my way into a steer start. That'd be, uh, that'd be incredible good fortune. I, I doubt that'll happen though. So, uh, you know, and maybe I'll just use this opportunity to, to bring in, um, Ramsdale because, you know, my game week was pretty good. It was interesting because, um, I had a small green arrow and moved from 20 K to 18 K. So, um, feeling really good about my team going into the international break. And just, it's a, I think I, I had green arrows every game week after the international break, um, or, you know, after the last one. So, uh, feeling, you know, very, very positive, but, um, you know, it was interesting, like looking at, um, all the various mini leagues that I'm in and it was not kind of, it was like a mix of green arrows and red arrows and I'm just not too much, but just sort of move it up and down. And it was really, there were some leagues that I'm in that just have a lot of arsenal players. Right. And it, like you were talking before about how good their defense has been. And just, if you had Ben white and Ramsdale, right. Who both picked up bonus mm-hmm. points and, and clean in that match. That was kind of, that was the difference this week, right? Because a lot of highly owned players, um, sort of collectively highly owned players, um, did well, but those two really made the difference. I mean, Ben white, you know, who I, I dropped him for, for Trent. And so I can't really, you know, complain about that, but, uh, Ben white, you can't continues to, no, I'm not, I'm not going to, but he continues to look like good value, right? He continues yeah. to look like excellent value at 4.4 million. It says there's so much good value defensively right now. I mean, it's kind of crazy, right? Like you could have, you know, in, in my back line, I've got two Chelsea defenders, Cancelo, Trent and Lievermento, mm-hmm. right? Like which one do you, would you drop for, <laughs> for Ben White in that case, you know, mm-hmm. and sort of just obviously it could depend on your, your formation, but so, you know, and then, um, it was just interesting because it just like, you know, sort of the, the difference for me this week was just um, all of these transfers that initially didn't work out sort of coming good, right? Like I brought in Rafinha like four weeks ago as part of this like ill-fated minus eight, right? Mm-hmm. So, second goal and two for Rafinha. I brought in Cancelo two weeks ago. I got one point and two point from him the first two weeks, 14 points this game week. Trent got one point last week, 12 this game week. And it's just like... I feel like there's like this theme of like invest in class, right? Just like invest in like the absolute best players in the game and don't sort of Mm -hmm. chase, don't like chase like, oh, well, this like 5.2 million midfielders in form, right? There's like the the Mbomo types, right? It's like, oh, well, like the stats are good for him. Like I'm going to just like, no, just like get like the best player that you can find to to solve a problem for you, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that that was, that, that made me feel sort of, 
more confident in my decisions going forward, right? That it's like, yeah, right. You, like, and maybe this is true in your case as well, which is that if you're just getting really good players in, you just have to give it like three or four weeks and it's yeah. almost surely going to come good, you know, and, and work out for you. Yes. I feel that lesson because I transferred out 16 points on my mm. game week 11 squad by getting rid of Ruben Diaz and Joe Cancelo in favor of Rudiger and Chilwell. I had, uh, double city defense coming out of my wild card and I think it was game week seven and didn't get more than a clean sheet. It was, it's mostly troublesome from Diaz and Cancelo one pointers and two pointers and something about that city defense that just felt broken to me. And meanwhile, my only Chelsea defensive coverage such as it is was Mendy and goal. And uh, um, so, so that's it. I have lost out on 16 points with those moves, but I have brought in two players in Rudiger and Chilwell that I have to believe that those are as good. If it, it, that that's as good of, if not a better, and I believe still that it's a better pairing, uh, Chilwell and Rudiger than Diaz and yeah. Joe Cancelo. So now, now we have to see how that plays out over the next month. And I think this has been uh, one of the evolutions of the first part of the season as we go from the first couple of weeks of, oh, you picked all the right players and this season is going to be easy to a, uh, to a more fluid part of the season where, okay, now we have new good players, let's get them in, to now... I think the lesson coming out of game week 11 is all of the good players are good players. Uh, it, it just kind of is going to come down to the game week for better or worse. And had I um, not used both my two free transfers on two Chelsea defenders and just kept Cancelo instead of bringing in Chilwell, all would have worked out because I think diversification, having... Uh, particularly in your defense. I mean, this is something that I feel like I keep coming back to is why would you, why did I do what I did? Josh? Why did I triple up? <laughs> I tried to talk you out of it, but you didn't believe me because I had tired brain, you know, that's what I was getting at before. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's fine. But I, I do like just to stand up for all of the people who got bit by this, um, Cancelo performance is this ain't right. You can say, oh, yeah, like this guy is doing the business and the Champions League and, and whatnot. But it's just that's just it's silly. It's silly that uh, a fantasy manager plays the Burnley home fixture and gets yeah, burned versus away Old Trafford in a hotly contested Derby, quote yeah. unquote. Well, and, and, and that's yeah. the way that's the way it goes. So, um, yeah, I, you, I just yeah, go on. Go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, if you, just, you know, if you look at it, you know, uh, rationally, I, mean, I think that Chilo might have been on for two bonus when that when that goal went in. And so, I mean, if you look at it, you know, just through the lens of kind of a, what was ultimately like a fluky, real Burnley style goal, right? Long ball. Um, I think it was Rodriguez, right? Who picked it up and yeah. one, you know, touched it over to, to Vidra to score. I mean, I, Rodriguez and Vidra combined to score yeah. a goal again. You know, it's a very fluky. So if that doesn't happen and you get the four from Rudiger and six from, from Chilwell, right? So it's a 10 point, 10 pointer right there. You're talking about, you know, uh, more like a six point swing and a six point swing yeah. is a pretty common thing. It happens all the time. Right. And so I think that's, you know, looking at it through that lens, it's sort of, um, a little easier to, I mean, you know, obviously the result is the result, but I think that if you can look at it, you know, through a kind of 
more neutral lens. I don't think it was like an absolutely insane move. And it was just sort of, you know, obviously no, yeah, bad it, luck and unfortunate. It was bad luck. And there was no way Diaz was going to survive that game week 11 transfer window for me. So those points yeah. are just like erased. Like yeah. I don't care. He was never going to be in, in my squad. And so I, I finished the week on 50 points and you know, a 45 K red arrow. Um, I think it's again Liverpool saving my bacon with Trent and a Mo Salah captaincy that brought me um, above the 42 point game week average. So fine, I feel like I survived what could have been a catastrophe. Yeah. Uh, but whereas I feel like Josh, a couple of weeks ago, I would look at my team and say, "I'm flexible, I'm versatile, I can." go left or right. It's all good. And going into this international break, um, I'm just seeing a lot of weak points, a lot of problems. And it's funny how quickly that can happen. I know. It's so true. I know. I mean, what do you, what do you think about Vardy now? You've got Vardy in your team. He's been very uh, classic Vardy, right? Classic Vardy. This feels like, I feel like this happens all the time, which is that he ends up scoring like 20 goals a season. And it always happens that nobody has them when he scores like, yeah. 16 of them you know and then it's like we all like rush to pick up Vardy and then he has this like you know inexplicable run of three or four matches where yeah. nothing happens truly infuriating to have picked up Vardy uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, after the Lukaku injury it's because and I feel like I had correctly identified him as um as a trickster uh, a, a, puckish, had, a puckish you'd, fantasy you'd seen asset. through you'd seen through Loki Verdi and yeah. uh yeah I mean it's sort of you know it's like a real like sliding doors moment with Lukaku right where his injury just sort of changed everything for all of us it feels yeah. like in a weird way you know it's like it sort of forced everyone to make moves and, and bring in players and it like upended everyone's strategy a little bit you know I mean I wasn't planning to have Lukaku and and, and, um, Ronaldo, right. You know, for this stretch, I was, Ronaldo was going to go and, yeah. you know, and it was just sort of, but then it was like this kind of sliding doors effect where I'm like, okay, well, like, I guess I'm keeping him now because I need to move Ronaldo first. And, you know, I ended up bringing in Ivan Tony. So that worked out exactly as well as the Vardy move, right. Just a total Jesus. worse, actually. I think yeah. it's a little yellow. Imagine cards. having both. <laughs> a lot do though. Right. And it's like, yeah, yeah I mean, the Ivan Tony thing, I, I don't really know what to say. I mean, you know, I, to me, I, I know people are talking about Antonio this way, but Antonio is involved in every goal. Like to me, it's a, it's like it's just a crazy fluke that he is not, that there's been seven, what, what I think it's like seven consecutive goals. The West Ham have scored that Antonio has been involved in. He's there for all of them, right? He's like <laughs> setting it up or he's like side yeah. by side with Fernals, And, you know, it's like Forrest Gump style. He's in the photograph. Yeah. There's to me, there's no reason to think that Antonio won't just, you know, because he it's he doesn't he looks good right it's like he's passing yeah. if you if you if you're someone who believes in the eye test at all i think he's passing it i think he's extremely involved whereas tony it's like he's like harry kane it's like sometimes he pops up in midfield sometimes he pops up on the left flank sometimes he's you know it's like he's barely like i it doesn't feel like he's like the fulcrum of that or i guess he is but uh, yeah. you know uh, it doesn't feel like he like it feels like brentford would be good without him you know, it's like they're sort of like I know they're having a bad run right now, but it's like it feels like they would they would work even without Ivan Tony. It's sort of um, like from fantasy perspective, I, I know his numbers look good, but I just don't 
like, I think he's still top of like all these stat tables, like looking, looking ahead and, you know, and they, they play Newcastle and in, in game week 11s or game week 12. So I guess I'm just going to hold him for one. more. I guess week, but, like, yeah. listen, yeah, the, the, the stats don't, okay. We have enough data to tell us, sure. Tony's good. Great. We also have <laughs> enough data to say if stats are good, Tony still won't produce. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I'd kind of had it up to here with Tony last week. And I'm just sort of like, <laughs> it was so it's like they played Norwich and Newcastle, right? There's like nothing we could do. <laughs> yeah. The problem with Tony and, and I do categorize it as a problem is his price point classifies him as not your worst problem that you have to fix. He's going to yeah, be one totally. of those players. He's almost like, like why I would never encourage a manager to get the 4.5 third striker that maybe you think you can sometimes bench because you know what, you're never going to be able to get rid of them. And that's where we are with Tony. He sucks as a fantasy asset and we can't get rid of him. I mean, it's, 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 it's also helped. It's a, it's price point. And it's also helped by the fact that there's nobody else out there that's really worth getting in this place. I was just looking out of curiosity, like sorting the forwards by form, you know, like just like like who's is like the best form. It is like a motley crew. I mean, the the top player by form is Josh King, and that's just because of one match. Um, and it's like he's zero sixteen two and one. Below that, you've got uh, Bro- Broja, who's got eight eight zero and one. Benteke, Rodrigo, Firmino. I mean, you have to go like you have to go. I think it's like three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12. You have to go 13 down the list before you find him. And as like the only like kind of like recognizable <laughs> FBL asset. I know him. Yeah. Aubameyang's beneath him. I mean, everyone else, Kane, Ronaldo, Tony, Jesus. Vardy, all of these players are in like, like between like 20 and 30 overall for forwards yeah. in the form chart right now. Like that is, I mean, you know, like it's just wild. I mean, it's just, a, it, it, this is not, there has been a kind of growing idea that you want more players over the multiple years. And this idea that like you want more players at the back and especially as wingbacks have become even more like, I mean, we're sort of seeing like the, the, the final product in Chelsea, right. Where their wingbacks are now just their, their forwards, right. They're the ones who actually score the goals for them. But you know, it's, it's like we're in last year, we saw it a little bit with some of the forwards, but you still kind of had a few, I mean, you know, I think, was it, you know, Kane and Vardy and at least one other player, you had like multiple 20 goal scorers. Um, yeah you know, in terms of forwards and you know, try to go forwards. And so, um, it didn't feel like it was like the end of forwards, but now I'm like a little, I mean, I've got Ronaldo, like he's, yeah, now he's down to 12.4 as he should be. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, look at, look at his returns in the last six weeks, two, one, two, one, 12, one. And I've had him for all six of those matches. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I got the 12 though. The 12 was helpful. I will say that much, but you mm-hmm. know, everything else was, uh, uh, was was pretty rotten, and you know, I mean, he. Uh, it's just weird. I mean, because he these Champions League matches where he, you know, just scores something from nothing all the time, and I'm like, why don't you do that in the in the <laughs> Premier League? And it's like, you know, it's just a funny. Like, I was about to drop him this week. I mean, I guess I'm glad I didn't because the player I would have dropped him for would have been Harry Kane. And now I'm like, I'm just glad I saved a transfer, right? Like, I mean, yeah. is Ronaldo to Kane? Like, does that? I mean, they play Watford in game week twelve. It's like, I'd rather have Ronaldo. I think. Oh, oh weird, for sure. You know. Yeah. And I mean, at, at best, they're the same fantasy player. But I right. think logically you would. Yeah, Kane needs at least a couple more weeks before we can even entertain that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, he only has one match in the first 11 with a with a return, just any return at all. One in 11 with a return. I mean, that's like 
he has like it's a deli alley level of drop off. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's crazy. Spurs are poor. Spurs were very poor. I don't know if the international break helps a player like Harry Kane because his form with England hasn't been great either. But a change of scenery yeah. would be fine. We were talking a lot about players here, Josh, and this gets to the theme of this episode, which is players. Uh, players. <laughs> you know, well, guess what? The theme is we're going to talk about. <laughs> Fantasy players. Um, no, everyone knows uh, Budweiser sponsors the Kings of the Game Week, formerly yeah. known as the FPL Dream Team on the FPL site. We now have the yep. Kings of the Game Week. So we're going to review and see what we can learn from, oh, yeah, Ethan Pinnock. This guy has drank more Budweiser's than uh than ivan yeah. tony has Do they get like a six pack if they if they win the king of the game week so at least right, a double deuce yeah so i think it'll be fun we've never actually done this in the pod before and i'm looking forward to doing it. i think it's a fun it's a fun experiment and we're going to go we're going to look at the 11 kings of the game week one by one right so game week one two three four five six seven eight, nine ten eleven and just see what we can learn or what bad lessons we're glad we didn't learn from from looking at these teams, right? Because I think it's sort of there are even looking at game week one, which we can talk about in a second. There are already some interesting themes that are starting to develop. Yeah, and and but there's a lot of false what false idols. I don't really know what quite the right word would they be. Like just like you know, kind of um, fool's gold. Maybe I'll say fool's red gold, herrings. Right, red herrings. Yeah, I'd like lots of different metaphors we can use here. But, mm-hmm. You know, just like deceptive players that we thought were going to do well. But on the on the flip side, there's also people who. Um, there was like a theme that was starting to emerge, right? And we just hadn't quite picked up on it yet. And so it's kind of, it ties in with this idea that I've been talking about all season, which is this, you know, what is the story of the season so far? Like, what can you learn just by sort of paying attention to what the game is? What does the game look like this season? Because mm-hmm. it does tend to vary a little bit season by season. Um, so anyway, uh, we're going to do that uh, quickly. Uh, I was treating Super League, a quick run, at, look at the top 10. It's actually 11 this week because a two-way tie for 10th. In 11th, Buendit like Bex, Anthony Harper. In 9th, I'm not going to read the team names in the play. I'm just going to say Go the on. person's name after this. Yeah. In 10th, Avinash Jogtop. In 9th, Stuart Dudley. In 8th, Torhe Hegna. In 7th, Philip Buffuno. In 6th, Daniel Bradley, a.k.a. FPL Mate. You might know him from the social media world. Uh, in 5th, Shafin Shoab. So I'm just, let me say that again, Brendan. Shafin Shoab. Uh, in fourth, uh, thank you. Uh, in fourth, uh, Halid Music. Uh, in third, Andre Glushkov. In second, Emil List. And in first, Daniel Mason Abraham. Daniel Mason Abraham continues to be number one overall in the world. Uh, very impressive. What an incredible Daniel. run. My God. It's amazing. And listen, all you listeners out there know the drill. You support us just by pressing play. But if you want to say thanks for what Josh and I do for free each week on the Always Cheating podcast, hit us up at patreon.com slash always cheating where you can find out how to support us and get more FPL content in return, like an extra ad-free podcast each week close to that game week deadline. Also, we have our Manager of the Month Award, the Dean's List. That's a free custom Make Fantasy Fun Again t-shirt to the best Patreon manager of that month. Shout out to Johan. It's a good deal. It's a great deal. I mean, come on. Yeah, your money goes a long way at this this Patreon account. Uh, And we do want to shout out our October Dean's List manager, Johan Expong. Johan, check your email. We've got an email there for you. We want to get you that t-shirt. Slack chat, we can review newsletters from Mini League Mate. 
all that good stuff. Everyone at the Volkswagen and producer tiers get that Make Fantasy Fun Again t-shirt and new patrons. Special shout out and thanks to Make Us Lascarides, Henrik, Mike Pedretti, and Ali Ward. Thank you for your support. Again, it's patreon.com slash always cheating. All right, so with that, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and discuss Kings of the Game Week. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, Brian, we're back. Kings of the game week. What can we learn from the best? Uh, you know, we should have actually contacted Budweiser, Brandon, to have them sponsor yeah, this yeah. this week's podcast. We could have got those um, frogs. You remember the Budweiser yeah, frogs? Yeah. We could have gotten them on the podcast. <laughs> I hope it's not an ad read for like a different beer brand on this week's pod. That would be. <laughs> uh, so this, they were, what can we learn from the best players in game weeks one through 11? We know we've never, never done this before. So let's, let's see how this goes, Brandon. This is an experiment. Uh, I'm looking forward to it though. So let's kick yeah. things off with. I got, I got to minimize my screen here a little bit, Brandon. There's a lot to take in. Game yeah, these, week one. These are, these are big screenshots here, Josh. The, yeah. they, they're the, the screenshots of the kings of the game week are appropriately big because these players are large and in charge. <laughs> That's true. And just for in case anybody doesn't has never like, tr- like clicked on this, basically every single week the fantasy game – pulls together all of the, and I know you kind of explained this the first half of the pop in in the intro, but, uh, but you know, every, every week the fantasy game pulls together the top scoring players kind of across the board, basically like if you had 
picked the perfect team this week, this is what it would look yeah. like. Um, you know, with the top defenders. Top Budget defenders, be damned. Players. Budget be damned. Exactly. Um, so in game week one, first of all, emerging theme already, right? Which is that a lot of us, you know, uh, the, the, the king of the game week was, this is the, this is the famous uh, Fernandez Salah week, right? Where yeah. Fernandez picked up 20, Salah picked up 17. And we all finished like 100 points to start off. I had 100 points before I got out of bed that <sighs> Saturday morning. That's right. Yeah, I do. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was, it was was beautiful. And so it was a great a great game. That was when you had Paul Pogba on the left wing. Like, God, it seems so long ago, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, back when the Man United team was likable, we all kind of liked them. I liked them. Like, they were kind of gritty. That's you right. know, there was, yeah. They're like, hey, um, how about we get Ronaldo? That would be cool. Yeah, that'll be cool. Let's just like scrub team chemistry completely and like make yeah, Mason Greenwood like not know where he's supposed to play anymore. So he just takes shots from outside the box, like against the run of play. All it'll the be time. fine, Josh. It'll yeah, be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. So uh emerging theme already, which is that um, you know, it was a four four two, right? So you're already, the game is already decided. I, we don't need three forwards for the best team <laughs> this week. Yes. But I, I think the other thing that's interesting here is that it was um a lot of us were avoiding Chelsea players in game week one because they had this really tough run where they played, I think it was like four out of their six, first six matches were against teams that finished, you know, top six or something like that last yeah. season. They basically played all the good teams. And uh, so we were all kind of avoiding them. And it, it really kind of almost immediately seemed like a mistake, right? And they, they didn't have a early, I think they played Crystal Palace in game week one. And so, you know, granted that was an easy fixture, but I don't think we realized just how, important it was going to be to have Chelsea players. I think it took all of us a few weeks to really come around to it. And so this week you had Alonzo with 15 points, uh, Chalaba with 14. I remember him scoring. That was like a real outside the box. I mean, a Mason Greenwood type outside the box yeah. uh, strike. I love a goal where the goal scorer immediately starts crying. Hassan Hoodle style. <laughs> you are, what is up with you and the <laughs> strong men also cry, Brandon. Okay. Have you never seen the big Lebowski? <laughs> I don't know. Um, see, I, I think yeah. I just think it's wild. I think it's cool. I think it's cool to be in touch with your emotions. Anyway, yeah, you're talking I, don't, about I don't think you do because you brought up the Hosnell thing like six times. It's not very <laughs> progressive of you. Uh, <laughs> so you had Antonio and Ben Rama as as two of the players in this in this game week as well. And I think if I remember correctly, my game week two transfer was to bring in Ben Rama because it was so clear right off yeah. the bat that Ben Rama was. And I, I wouldn't say he's an interesting case, right? Because you, I, you you can't call him fool's gold exactly, but I think he is. I mean, at this point, you I mean, you still have Ben Rama in your team, yeah. you know, after eleven. You've had him, I think, all eleven weeks, right? Didn't you? Have he has not left my team, yeah, and yeah. Um, that's, I guess, by design. But um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you like, and he never will leave my team. That's <laughs> that's not yeah. where I'm at with Ben Rama yeah. right now. It's interesting. He falls in that Tony category you're talking about before, right? Where he's six point or whatever he is now. Yeah. I'm sure he's, I guess in your case, probably more like 6.2 cause you got him at 6 million. And you know, it's like, he's getting a, picking up an assist here and there, you know, it's yeah. like, it's like, it's never quite enough to be like, Oh yeah, I, I want to burn a transfer on, on taking him out. But, um, but you kind of also know your team would probably be better if you did it, you know? I mean, that's a, like Damari gray and Sar are like that for me too, where I've just been benching them every week mm-hmm. because it's like, I want to do something about it at some point, but it's like, it never feels like a, the biggest priority because you're like in a, any given week. I mean, I've got Sar on my bench uh, going into game week 12, but I'm like, well, you know, like um, they play man United. That's like one of the better <laughs> fixtures now for an attacking team, like probably get something out of that. So yeah. Um, any other things that stand out to you in game week one? 
Yeah, I think Ethan Pinnock, I, he had a couple of really good games early in the season, and I think that we're going to see this as we go through the few game weeks, is how the Huddersfieldification of Brentford, and did they just come out too hot in the season? And they had that great, I think it was a pretty uh, emphatic 2-0 win over Arsenal in, in game week one. But Pinnock is far from my thoughts, as is Hugo Lloris, who was the leading yeah. goals goal scorer they they <laughs> yeah. had they beat man yeah. city one nil in game week yeah. one yeah um so yeah there are there are um those those two stand out to me and you you were going on that path about chelsea defense and we should have known right away the interesting thing though is does uh alonzo and chalaba being the kings of the game week in game week one uh, are they interchangeable with other Chelsea defenders? And this yeah. is like a, a, a pain point for a lot of managers right now. Do I go Chilwell or Reese James? Is it a yeah. sideways move yeah. to go Rudiger to Reese James? Yeah. And Alonso and Chalaba are non-entities in the yeah. fantasy game right now, but here they are with 15. They're, they're around 29 points combined yeah. in game week one. Well, I think you get at something there, right? Which is that uh, that that this is like a classic fantasy dilemma, where you know, sitting here after eleven weeks, it becomes a little more clear who you who you would have wanted to have. And I think Rudiger in particular just stands out as a mm-hmm. um, as just a super reliable option who also offers you know a little bit of of attacking threat, especially now, certainly more than he had last season, and. Uh, Certainly could, you know, he had two unmarked headers basically in the yeah. Burnley match. If attacking uh, potential is salsa, Josh, Rudiger is medium. He's not mild. He's not yeah. hot, but he's yeah. medium. Yeah, exactly. He's, but he's got the, he's like, he's got the conqueso, right? So he's got the, <laughs> there, there's always something yeah. there, you know, there's. <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> it's still delicious. And, but I think you, you hit at something, which is that I think a lot of times what happens in a particular season is that you have like five or six different Chelsea defenders in this case, right? And you're like, I don't even know who I'd want to have. So I'm just not going to choose, mm-hmm. right? I'm just like not going to get anybody. Mm-hmm. And I think that, and that's something that I, I've fallen into that trap as well. And it's like, but you're like, just pick somebody, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah. sometimes you're better off just making it like just choosing one of them. And I mean, you know, I, Alonzo would never have been a player I could have chosen because I don't, I, it just, he seems like it's amazing to me. I guess Chilwell just needed more time, but like Alonzo just does not seem like a Tuchel kind of player. Does he? Yeah. Like, no, yeah. I, I don't think so. No. Yeah. And so I was just like, it seemed inevitable that what was going to happen, which is that he was going to have a couple of bad matches and he was going to be like gone from, from Tuchel's yeah. thoughts. But it did take, I guess it took six weeks. It wasn't until they, I think it was the man city match in game week six, uh, which they lost. And then, I think they went to Juve and lost that match. And he started that match as well. And I think he played poorly and Chilwell got subbed on at halftime. And that was when it was like, okay, Chilwell's the dude. And then I think Chilwell scored like the next three matches in a row or something like that. Yeah. So it's interesting. Okay. So there's just lots of great fun here in game week one. Lots <laughs> of great memories we made. I mean, just like Pogba. Yeah. Emmanuel Denis uh, yep. at Watford. Yep. Uh, possibilities were were really strong with Watford. Right. A manager later and, and Denny is just, he's done as a fantasy <laughs> like, asset. Like, like three managers have been sacked from this game, this dream team. <laughs> um, all right. Let's go to game week two now. Uh Slightly different story. We finally start to see some some Man City players here. Uh, you have Amaric Laporte 
mm-hmm. as uh, with 15 points. Uh, Reese James, who, mm-hmm. you know, a very un- interesting season for him where he had this 18-pointer and then nothing, 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 nothing for weeks and weeks, and now he's the top-scoring defender in the game, right? And so mm-hmm. it's an interesting idea there, like with these, these kind of riskier players, right? Like it's sort of... I think this season, I think if there's one thing we've we've learned, it's that with if you look at Ben White and Levermento in particular, Levermento especially, it is easier this year to have slightly riskier defenders because you have so much cover in terms yeah. of the other defenders behind you. Yeah, definitely. And I think that was an argument that uh, like big man Bakar was making going into this weekend of you're lucky to be able to play a reliable player like Livermento first on your bench and to have those six points be marginally reliable to come in. And I think that take is going to sting a lot of managers coming out of game week 11 because they will have missed out on Chelsea clean sheets and Livermento has his on the bench. But I think that car's point still stands and i yeah. agree with you especially in light of how, how big we are at the back and this was the emergence of, of brighton i think in game week yeah. two duffy with the 14 pointer this is when they yeah. completely waxed watford i believe it was yeah um Lloris again <laughs> oh my god there he is mr bad the, the mr bad penny himself um, okay now i'm curious just while, while we're talking about hugo let's see so he, I don't think he's going to keep being a king of the game week. Okay, so so he gets one more clean Make sheet. Make it stop, get, Josh. One more clean sheet in game week three. And then it's one, three, two, two, one, three, one, and then six in game week 11. So all told, he's on 46 points. He basically picked up half of his 46 points in the season in the first two matches of the year. Yeah. And that's still enough for him to be fourth overall for, for goalkeepers. Yeah, the the Ben Ramasans continues in game week two. Uh, ben Rama and Antonio are yep. here again. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, it's it's odd. Five at the back, kings of the game week again. So <laughs> like, there you it, go. <laughs> like, it was you know it's the end of usual suspects, right, Josh? Like we knew it was Kaiser Sose the whole yep. time. It yep. was five at the back the whole time. It's interesting, it's, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I like the elegance of the five three two on the screen here as well. You know, yeah. it just looks. It looks very appealing. You know, I like it a lot. It's a, especially with the keeper at the top, it kind of looks like a Voltron, you know? Yeah. Or, or like some sort of a a Nordic rune of some kind. (laughs) Especially with the kind of like, um, sort of dartboard style or whatever that, you know, the bullseye. (laughs) Oh yeah. The, the, the groundskeeper on Kings of the game week is having a blast here. (laughs) Just spin it around in circles. (laughs) Like, um, yeah. All right. So it's kind of a weird, but I mean, in some ways it's game week two. I mean, it's Mason Greenwood. It was, you know, really, it's kind of funny the way when you see players from your team pop up, Right. I just remember having Greenwood in game week two and it's sort of, you know, it's something that you, that you like think about, you know, your season so far. And it's like, you, you just, you know, it's like, you don't sit around and think about game week two that often, you know, but it's sort yeah. of interesting to like, look back and like, how did you get to where you got in the season or who, who didn't you have that you wish you'd had, you know, in a particular game week. So, um, yeah, Gabriel and, and, Jesus. And Ma- there too. Yeah. Gabriel Jesus. I was just going to say Mateus click, uh, gets the award in game week two as who invited him to this party. <laughs> yeah. It's a, I guess it was a weird week for the dream team, right? Cause he had nine points. Usually, usually nine is not enough to crack the old dream team, Brandon. So, Let's see. Uh, Leeds drew with Everton in game week two, 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 wow. and, and <laughs> Click comes away with a cliche with 
with one goal. Calvert Lewin. Calvert Lewin gone, and he doesn't even make it into any of these Kings of the Game Week teams. That's sad. I know. He and he and Bamford both, right? That's a, that's depressing. Let's so move on to Game Week three, Brandon, before I start crying into my microphone here. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Hey, that, week... And that's cool. Grown men also cry. <laughs> Grown <guys>. men also <laughs> cry. Uh, all right, game week three, we got De Gea as the, as the keeper, uh, Reggion and Son, which is interesting. But I think the player that I'm seeing here, Brandon, this is, again, a, a telltale sign. Mm. Um, Connor Gallagher picked up a brace, if you remember, in, in yeah. game week three. Continues to kick not just one, not just two, Brandon, but Connor Gallagher kicks triple ass, okay? <laughs> that's, that's, how, that's how into wow. Connor Gallagher I am. Huge fan. Really like this guy. Want him in my team. Yeah, and I it it goes back to the Greenwood, Alonzo players that hit these high heights in game weeks one or two, and you know, uh, you know they've they've fallen for different reasons, sure. Yeah. But Connor Gallagher to see him in game week three hit kings of the game week, and he's still doing bits coming out of game week eleven. It's that sort of consistency yep. that. Yep. I think I'm looking for looking at these these uh, uh, dream team lineups. So I love that. Like as early as game week three, logged him, and and this is before the emergence of Emil Smith Rowe. Yep. So I think if yep. you go like every three weeks, there's probably another sub yeah. six million midfielder that should have jumped out at us. But I think, and yeah, exactly. And, and Smith Rowe, I think will. Pop, I, I haven't looked ahead yet, but I think he'll he'll pop up later. I, I'm pretty sure. And you know, I think it's interesting. That, I mean, Gallagher, I think has done it enough times now that I, I think it's it's actually useful to see this from game week three. Kind of remember that he's kind of been doing this all year. I think he's got three double digit return game weeks already on the season, which is really remarkable for a sub yeah. six million midfielder. We probably haven't talked about him enough, honestly, on the podcast. So, um, you know, and, and then you had a couple of fool's gold uh, players in this one. You have Seamus Coleman uh, made the dream team. Uh, Farron Torres, who, I mean, he did get injured, so maybe it's not fair, but he clearly, he wrapped one amazing game week around a bunch of, a yeah. bunch, a bunch of uh, you know, you talked about you having a, a bad, a bad transfer Week. This is the week number where Mark from uh, our, our friend uh, Mark um, <laughs> uh, Mark Southerns. I forgot his last name for a second there. Uh, Mark when Mark Southerns transferred out Farron Torres before his 18 pointer. Mm-hmm. So if that makes you feel any better, Brandon. Yeah, I mean, Mark knew what he was doing. It was just uh, a bad fortune. But here we have a hat trick right out of the gate. Like you cannot get better than this. Three for three to start the season of Kings of the Game Week for uh, Antonio. Yeah, just, amazing uh, start. Incredible. So and this this is kind of where he becomes – I don't know. I, I, was, I was tempted to compare him to Ivan Tony in that how I was talking about Ivan Tony being a mortal lock regardless of performance just based on his price point and what are you going to do with this guy. Antonio, the performances for the first three weeks effectively kept – making him cheaper and cheaper in my mind. Like the fact that I got him for 8 million, I think is where he was at the start of the season just yep. felt like an even greater and greater value. So then if we flash forward coming out of, of game week 11, I still think like this guy's not leaving my team. Yeah. I, I, I really have no strong desire to move Antonio. I still don't, I, you know, sometimes you just got to write out these blanks. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's, yeah. And then you had, yeah, I guess Buendia was sort of falls in that fool's gold categories well i mean gabriel jesus again two weeks in a row and he's honestly still doing reasonably well i mean i don't think that he is uh 
I mean, what what is his price right now? I mean, he's I think he's eight point yeah he's eight point seven million. So it's honestly not a terrible price. I mean, it's I don't know. I mean, he only has two goals and five assists in the season, so maybe it's a uh, um, you know maybe he's just better off ignored. But he's not that expensive. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I, he he is a uh, basically Roberto Firmino in that you have to catch him on these particular weeks. Like his function in that city team is is like Firmino's at Liverpool where it's, it's it's somehow weirdly not to score goals. It's just to make the system function and it can't function yeah. without him. Yeah. Yeah. And he's going to have these odd game weeks. I think what's interesting about him appearing twice in a row in Kings of the Game Week is they was able to put two consecutive game weeks together to get himself there. And we really haven't seen him since so that now that's, that true. is my takeaway. That, that's true. I think it was, that was the last time in the season he's had double digit returns. So uh, let's move on to game week four, Brandon. All right. This is coming out of the, uh, the first national break. A lot of people wild carded going into game week four. If you recall, this is the famous infamous, I don't even know the Ronaldo Lukaku game week where, uh, Ronaldo mm-hmm. and Lukaku both picked up braces, uh, and three bonus points. I didn't have either one, uh, which was, uh, a fun, made for a fun game week. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you had, uh, Eduard, uh, God, it was actually that early that he was picking up returns like that. It's funny. He really hasn't turned into, I thought he was going like, to just explode as a, uh, as a fantasy asset. Cause he looked yeah. so good in that match, but he's really only, um, let's see, I think, He's only scored one one more goal since then, actually. Yeah. Uh, I do have to applaud yeah. the FPL community's restraint with Edward. Thank you <laughs> all <true>. for holding <laughs> holding fire on him. <laughs> that's true. Um, so you had Ed- Edward uh, up there with so that this is like the one of the few weeks where you're going to get uh, double digit returns across the board with your with your forward line, and uh, and then you had Kovacic who got the always cheating anti bump. Mm-hmm. Uh, the week we talked about him was the week that he uh, picked up a. Uh, a significant injury. Uh, Will Zaha. Okay. Another one along with Gallagher. We have probably spent less than two <laughs> minutes these yeah. uh, the entire season talking about Will Zaha. And here he is once again, scored in the weekend, scored the week before too. He's definitely a really underrated season. It's an interesting storm of events for Zaha where, um, you know, he was easy to tout going into the season and then Gallagher emerges Combined with Zaha being out for a few weeks with injury, and it's sort of like from a team perspective, Zaha is clearly integral to Crystal Palace uh, kicking on to the next level. But from a fantasy perspective, if Gallagher is there uh, $2 million cheaper, there's no reason for us to discuss Zaha, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's... Um, now, I think, you're, I think you're right. I mean, I think it's... Um, He'd have to string together. I mean, we all kind of know what the deal is with Zaha, right? Like, he just can't. I mean, good player, you know, valuable for a team. Fantasy-wise, he's never really been able to string together a full season, right, where he can yeah. pick up, you know. Like, it always feels like he has a 15-goal season in him, and it's just never quite quite happened, even when he was, you know, playing as a forward, um, lining up that way under under Hodgson. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, this is an I, I game week. I wild-carded going into game week five. And um, did you go wildcard going into game week four? I can't remember. Did you? Was it later? Uh, it was game week seven. Okay, all right. So we'll get to that in a second. Then, but I think um, you know, game week four is a, a classic example of the fool's gold right before a wild card, which is that the king of the game week, the top scorer, was Marcel, 
Uh-huh. Baby, you know I brought him in my wild card going into game week five. It did nothing for me. I started him like five weeks in a row. Um, and it was, you know, it's always dangerous to to bring in the player right after they like the, the cheap asset who you don't really trust. But it's like, well, yeah. you know, like he just had a good game week. So um, but I, I feel like I missed out on some opportunities here with um, uh, with, you know, Cancelo was just this is, you know, he I think this is his first appearance in the in the dream team. And he was just really just. I mean, I think it was he was another player who seemed too risky to bring in. But I think mm-hmm. has he missed a start so far in the season? I think he's I don't think so. 12, no. Well, actually, he did matches. miss one start. And uh, to jump ahead to my game week seven wild card team, when I brought Cancelo in, he didn't play. Okay. Was this? Uh, oh yeah. Was this? Uh, no. You know what? He did play. Uh, he just got zero points. <laughs> he got <laughs> zero. To Liverpool. He got zero. <laughs> two two liver. Uh, two two Liverpool with a yellow card. Of course. So yeah, he <laughs> is like, started like he every play. single match. He's only uh, he's only been yeah. subbed off once uh, as yeah. well in game week ten against Palace. Yeah, I guess the Mendy, uh, which like you know, it's like, I feel like Mendy has been like a race from history. It was like there's that legal issue. Yeah, as well, like, he, okay, as well like, he should. Yeah, as well yeah he should. I, I, but Zinchenko plays in that position too, and I think that was the. You know, it's it's like where everybody was. It's not the same thing as James Justin uh, with Leicester last season because James Justin was not first choice yeah. for that position when he first started playing for Leicester. It was only because of injury. Kinsella was always first choice, but everyone felt like, well, Zinchenko gets minutes, yeah. so it's going to happen, and it yeah. has not happened. And Marcel could probably cover Kinsella. Was was definitely my thinking, you know, mm-hmm. in that wild right. card. So. Right. Um, uh, you know, hilariously. So, all right, let's move on to, to game week five. Once again, the dream team for game week five is a five at the back formation, another five, three, two. I feel like I'm learning lessons here, Brian. I went five, two, three, and I, I, you know, I wish I'd gone five, three, two, uh, even this game week when I picked up a couple extra points. Look at these Chelsea defenders, Tiago Silva, 15, <laughs> Rudiger, 14, Marcus Alonso, Ugh, 10, Virgil van, this is revenge of the center backs. Uh, Virgil Van Dyke with twelve, Maddie yep. Cash, not a center back pointer. Nope, nope. Yeah, he like like the only goal I think he scored uh, for you know for for Villa too, uh, at least in the Premier League. And then uh, yeah, had Sar who who really came through this week. That was um, you know it's it's been a, he's been a disappointing run for him the last the last few weeks. And uh, you know they obviously they changed managers as well. And but then you know you have Salah who I mean, we barely even talked about him, but I think it's just because his ownership, he's just been so consistent and so, and so good. And, and his ownership got so high that it's like, it's funny. Like he's, he's appeared in most of these dream teams and we're just like, yeah. And there's Salah, you know, just Salah. It's actually only his second dream team uh, at right? this point. Yeah. So okay. if I look back at game week five, uh, at game week one, there's Salah game week two, no Salah game week three, no Salah game week four, no Salah. And then here we are game week five. There he is. And I don't know if he leaves after this. Yeah. Maybe not until the last, two weeks perhaps so yeah. well we'll see there's some drama brandon we're just we're laying the <laughs> <laughs> laying that down question yeah. mark but once again right you have three chelsea players make the dream team only two of them or only one of them even made the original dream team in game week one right so we're up to now five different chelsea players that are mm-hmm. that have that have the chelsea defenders that have made the 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 top scores in a game week and and so again it just points this idea that you know if there's a, if there's a team that's doing well just pick one or two and just yeah. wait, you know, just wait like yeah. they're going to come yeah. good eventually. Yeah. Where who the, the yeah. manager who has held Chalaba since game week one is, is not really hearing that argument, but 
Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's, but uh, Chalaba maybe is a little too low on the uh, on the risk uh, spectrum, but yeah. Uh, but you know, Odegaard is uh, another one of the fool's gold players. I was kind of, I was like a little like I was like, oh man, I was like, kind of regretting. It's like I should have gone Odegaard yeah. on my on my wild card. Uh, yeah, that was the match he scored a free kick goal. I didn't even make the starting lineup uh, for, for Arsenal this week. So um, yeah, and then we have Josh King, who who has honestly you know had a couple of big um, a big weeks over the um, over the season so far. Kind of a, a, I guess a low key solid signing for Watford in the end, right? I think he's helped them win a couple of matches. Yeah, sure. I wouldn't argue with that. I think that both King and Saar are just kind of hurt by the fact that the team around them isn't as strong as, as you would have liked. Yeah. It's like, put those guys into, well, I, I don't know. I'm not going to conjecture yeah. what, what team it is, but, um, but take, Ivan Tony, this, yeah. this was the week for Ivan Tony to raise the Budweiser. And take a few glugs with this twelve yeah, pointer. That's right. That was was that at Wolves. I think that was where he did that. I think it was away to Wolves. I think that's a Marcel. I think gave away a penalty uh, like twenty minutes into that match. If I you got it. Yeah, two nil Brentford uh, away Wolves. Uh, yeah, Tony yeah. with a goal and an assist. Yeah, yeah, very, yeah, great, great match for Tony. That was when we all uh, he he turned a lot of heads that week, Brandon. I think a lot of wild carders were were like, okay, like you know, because a lot of us had Tony going into the season, and then we dropped him, and then he looked yeah. really great in that match. And we're like, okay, like he's he's figured it out, you know, he's he solved he solved whatever ails him. Yeah, yeah, he solved it. So, all right, uh, game week six now. Uh, some interesting names in here. Once again, we see we could see Cancelo. Uh, your boy Courtney House, Brandon, uh, makes an appearance with a 15 pointer. My man, that was a little surprising. Mike, uh, this is just like a fool's gold 11 right here. You have <laughs> Janelt, Decore, Saka, Mape, Keen, House, Jose Sa. It's like basically, like if you had wild carded. Actually, I think you did wildcard after game week six. This is like the worst week to wildcard because you didn't learn anything from, yeah. from this from this game week. Yeah, Cancelo uh, burned out briefly. Saka was a non-starter. Um, Everton uh, just kind of started failing from this point on. Jamie Vardy, uh, like a like a I don't know, like a phoenix flu. <laughs> like you burned brightly and yeah, I was out. trying yeah. to think they were doing Pavlova on the most recent uh, Bake Off that I was watching, and he uh-huh. collapsed and cracked yeah, like a yeah. Pavlova. Yeah, I watched that one too. Yeah, <laughs> great. Episode. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, the, you're right. This was an insane week to come out of having wild carded, and this is. I feel like I make a habit of this. I wildcard um, coming out of low information game weeks. And in a way, there were no at the time, obviously. <laughs> no, you, there's no way. But there there are actual pieces of information that that were true. Um, if you were to keep the if you were to say this is a true Jao Cancelo match, that's good. If you were to read this as Emil Smith Rowe is the better pick um over Saka, then you're doing great coming out of this weekend but yeah by yeah. and large game week six was a pretty wild uh, yeah. left field kings of the game week yeah interesting with the with the decore and townsend you know i mean sort of i mean you can't i mean decore get injured i guess really um had the kind of predictable result which for everton which it's like they can't score anymore you yeah. know like you just sort of linked everything together so well um, so poor man's Declan Rice, Brandon. You know? <laughs> sure, definitely. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, all right. Uh, I don't know if Decore would, would take that as an insult or a compliment, but game week seven, uh, 120 points, another, okay, this one again. So we have two more, two more Chelsea players. Uh, it's a four, four, two this time. The top score was Lorente with 15 points. So, okay, sure. Lorente. Um, Jesus Christ. I can't you know, believe we play this game. <laughs> it's, it, it highlights how hard it is to get it right. Doesn't it? I mean, it's actually yeah. kind of interesting to go through these, uh, Chalaba and Esplaqueta, uh, crack the, uh, crack the, the Chelsea, uh, or, you know, two Chelsea defenders cracked the back line. Uh, Taylor, was that Neil Taylor? <laughs> did he, he was a king of the game week at one point. Wow. I did not realize. That I don't happened. think that's Swansea's own Neil Taylor. That would be Matt Taylor for Burnley. I think he's a Matt. Oh, a oh, Charlie Taylor. Charlie Taylor. Uh, okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How many Taylors could there possibly be? So many Taylors. Um, and yeah, you had Hoiberg, Townsend, Townsend again, Son. Uh, and then yeah, yeah, Huang and Jimenez, and Jimenez is is he's my kind of um, he's the wish I had like shoulda woulda coulda player for me this season. I think if I had just brought in Jimenez when I wild card, which I really seriously considered doing like six weeks ago, um, I. I, you know, I just sort of, I went like a little, I went, I went with the, th- the thremium for a while, right. Mm-hmm. I went Lukaku, Ronaldo and, and if I had just brought in him and as I would have had more money in my team and I would have, um, you know, and I, I just, I would have gotten more. I mean, I, I don't, I don't have like the numbers at hand, but I know that him and as that scored Ronaldo over the last six weeks. And so, um, yeah, I mean, he's just, he's just a really reliable, he's like probably the most reliable forward one of the most, I don't know, he's up there with Antonio. I mean, there's not a lot of reliable forwards right now, but him and as I think, I know he just blanked in game week 11, but in general, he's a, a great asset. And, um, and Huang, I mean, it's sort of, I don't know. I mean, he's sort of up there too, right? I mean, didn't he score an offside goal this weekend? I think he mm-hmm. feels like he's, you know, he's always involved. Yeah. The Spurs match is interesting because you know, the Spurs have been the um, almost team this entire season and this is a 2-1 victory at home over Aston Villa. And we thought, okay, Son had two assists. Even though Hoyleberg is, is also here, is is Son and Kane going to be a thing again? And yeah. it hasn't been. It really no. hasn't been. So this has not been a narrative that's borne fruit for a lot of fantasy managers. No. I mean, four goals and two assists in the season now for Son. Um, you know, but, you know, blanks in the last three for him. And, I, okay, I, this Spurs team right now is like a bummer. And like, I just think that's like a general rule. Like don't bring in a player from a team. That's kind of just like a bummer. Like it's just not a sure. fun <laughs> spot to be. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like this, this is another one. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously like you're always going to have a little bit of fool's gold in these, in these, uh, top scoring players for the game week. But, um, I think, I, I don't know. I mean, again, I, I think that if, if there was one major theme here, it's Sala again, Jimenez again, and, and multiple Chelsea defenders. And mm-hmm. I think that that's, um, you know, we all started to say, oh, maybe we should just Captain Sala every week because it's just it's just safer that way. Speaking of, that takes us to game week eight where Mo Sala uh, has 13 points, but he's just behind the hat trick hero of Roberto Firmino has <laughs> yeah. 20 points. Um, yeah. But look at this. Harry Kane he makes his appearance in yep. uh, the, the Kings of the game week. Newcastle. Points, yeah. So this, this is why we can't drop Tony, right? Because you just never, you, you always hope that the Newcastle match is going to save your is going to save your fantasy player. And uh, let's let's see. I mean, it's basically exactly the same scenario, right? Game week eight was the first match out of the out of the international break. 
it was a way to Newcastle. And so I'm hoping that that's what we get for with Tony. First match, way to Newcastle in game week 12. Let's hope that he does, that he pulls a Harry Kane. And here, here is the clue, because also in this Kings of the, of the game week is Tim Kroll in goal. And Norwich, whipping boys that they might be this season, have proved a harder defense to crack for some teams than Newcastle. So I'm with you. Yeah, Harry Kane yeah. is sort of showing Newcastle might be the easiest route to uh, reviving your fantasy players. I also like how Lewis Dunk makes an appearance for Brighton and as defensively strong as Brighton have been, if you look at the fantasy game as a whole, they, they are not making a lot of appearances here. They're a very low octane, um, good defensive fantasy side. They are. It's, it's yeah. And I think um, another thing that pops up here is um, yeah. I mean like having had Sanchez, like I, I don't, I respect Graham Potter and what he's doing. Uh, I, if they had a better forward, I feel like they'd be more fun to watch. Like, I guess the Trossard experiment's kind of working out, but I feel like there's like there's something with watching them play that doesn't totally get me going. You know, yeah. like I'm impressed, but it's just like there's not a, I don't find them to be super fun team to watch. But another thing that pops up here is, is Agbana with 15 points and just, uh, you know, again, um, West Ham just as a team are not necessarily being thought of the way that we should be thinking about them right like just mm-hmm. like there's sort of there's a lot of value kind of up and down the board here and i i mean it's, it's kind of tricky to pick right like i think that's that's i mean defensively i'm not even sure i mean the Sufal thing shockingly has just yeah. not worked out at all i really thought that he was going to be incredible value now he's down to 4.8 million i'm actually surprised he hasn't fallen even more than that um yeah. and is he like a sub now like it's like he's he is yeah like, um yeah. uh I, i'm blanking on the uh, ben blank, johnson yeah johnson is the player ahead of him and he's looked he's looked really good i'm actually not surprised yeah. that he's played sioux fall out of the team but the answer to your west ham question i think will be answered when we get to game week nine okay well let's let's get to game week nine then i'm excited uh <laughs> yeah we had another salad another nice salad match i mean what do you you know in game week eight that is so let's move on to game week nine the top team, by the way, I think this is the highest point star we've had so far in the season, Brandon. The top team this week, if you had captained the right player, you know, uh, would have been 169 points, and uh, you would have had Mason Mount as mm-hmm. your as your captain. This is just, you know, this is just two weeks. I ago. guess if if you the the Kings of the Game Week doesn't uh, doesn't apply a captaincy. So let's see if we take the Kings of the Game Week total is 169 points plus a Mount captaincy. You've got to add another 24 points. So that's a 190, 193 points. Not bad. Not a bad, not a bad game week. But, you know, the mod thing sort of points to how tricky they, it can be to to really to play perfect fantasy and how, how much it's yeah. a fallacy, right? Because you just like things get in the way. Like it's you like there's not like some, you know, you, like you can be like a, a quant and just, and just, you know, run the numbers and do everything perfectly. And it's still not necessarily going to work out in your favor because yeah, he did amazing match. You can't bank on him picking up a stomach bug. Right. And then missing yeah. the next match and then, and then sort of still being in recovery and then come on as a sub in the next match. Right. Like just, uh, just sort of, that is just fantasy in a nutshell right there. Right. Like you go chasing after the player who, scores a hat trick and then he gets zero and one points in the next two weeks yeah. for you. It's just very, you have to like really keep your, keep your head on when it comes to this stuff. Cause the game can really frustrate you sometimes. But uh, Aaron Cresswell here for West Ham with the 12 pointer. And I think this is a, this is a guy who last season halfway through the season, we're like, wait, what Aaron Cresswell is just yep. like crushing virtually every defender. And we haven't yep. spent a moment thinking about him. And I think that where, 
Sufal gets chopped and changed, uh, and the center backs um, sometimes are victims of, of the same. Uh, Aaron Cresswell is very consistently there. Yep. And um, this this game week nine with Martinez as the goalkeeper king of the game week has reminded me of, oh, yeah, how did he get 10? Well, he stopped an Aubameyang penalty. Can Aubameyang never take a penalty again? He is so terrible at <laughs> <laughs> I know we've seen a lot of bad pen misses this season, haven't we? Like, he's, yeah, he sort of just rolled that to uh, to Ben Foster. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, credit to Ben Foster. I don't want to. This this podcast will not be a Ben Foster slander podcast, Brandon. No. Credit to him. It was, you know, it's amazing. He won his spot back. Like, that's not an easy thing to do. You know, so yeah, he's probably going to be the keeper the rest of the season now. Like, it's, you know. We're pro Foster and anti Aubameyang. I'll, I'll tell you that yeah, much. Exactly, um, but, exactly. but look at this. Cresswell is flanked by Reese James and Ben Chilwell. This is a sort of a season defining um, Kings of the Game Week where these will be the fullbacks right alongside uh, yeah. Trent as uh, for the season, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, the James thing is still so interesting to me. I mean, I guess it's, I mean, you know, I mean, Ospilicueta could have played this weekend, right? And that's, it, it's a testament to how well James has looked the last few weeks that that he can't get in there. And, and that, that cross for the, Havert, uh, for the Havertz goal was perfect. I mean, like, I could have scored on that cross. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, all you had to do was, like, put your head forward because it was such a perfectly placed ball. You know, it was really... Uh, and he, and I feel like he had a couple of those in the match, you know, he just really played well. And so I think that it does seem like he's, I, I have still been kind of wary about his like long-term, even though he's obviously super talented, but just like whether there was going to be too much risk of rotation with, with Osbaqueta. Mm-hmm. Now I feel like um, it's really, he's going to be starting way more than he. Oh, with, without a doubt, without a doubt. Also looking up front with Josh King and Emmanuel Denny, mm-hmm. a great reminder of, <laughs> How low yeah. Everton have gotten this season, and how <laughs> yeah. high and how high Watford have gotten to their yeah, credit for, for a team that's seventeenth overall. I mean, it's like it's like they sort of found a strategy. It's actually what Bournemouth used to do. I feel like, which is just like lose, 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 lose. Pick up a win, like a a, a fluky six one win, you yeah. know, like just a crazy win, and then lose, lose, lose. It was like they just won, just flat out won enough matches that they were able to stay up each season. And you kind of see the Watford now; they're above the relegation zone four losses and one win, right? Yeah. And they have, you have three wins, they have three wins on the season, one draw and seven losses. And that I think they're probably going to stay up because I think just with I think with Sar and Denny and and King, they're just going to win a couple of these matches. Like they're just going to they're going to win like seven more matches, right? And that's going to be probably like enough for them to to stay up on the season. So it's kind of kind of interesting. Oh my god, looking at game week 10, Josh, this has got to be the lowest ownership kings of the game week of all season. Okay. <laughs> so let's take out Reese James and Ronaldo, sure. both okay. both a part yep. of them. The other nine players are Aaron Ramsdale, yep. Gabriel at Arsenal, Matt Loughton, Oma Bombadele, <laughs> Damien, Damien Rice, um, <laughs> hit pop star, Damien Rice, uh, Rice's in there, Gallagher, Rice, Bowen, yeah. Jordan Henderson, Jorginho. Yeah. Incredible team here. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, Ronaldo up front, the, the rare appearance of Cristiano Ronaldo, one of the five best players in history has barely cracked the, uh, Kings of the game week this season. He's um, a more of a Negra Modelo guy more than as opposed to a Budweiser. Yeah, that's true. He like shaves the beer with the, actually he's like probably like hasn't touched a beer in like 15 years. Right. Oh, no, like no, it, would, no. it, would, it would affect his, 
It's perfect. He won't even drink carbonated water, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, it's too risky. Yeah, you can't have the bubbles in there. Um, I guess Ramsdale is the one here who I think, you know, I I feel we could talk about for a second because I think this was the week. I think, was this the week when he had the, I think it was a way to Lester. It was just last week, a way to Lester and Mm -hmm. uh, had that amazing save on the, on the free kick. And then I think it was a double save. Yeah, yeah, the double save because I think somebody was right there to, and I think it was uh, Johnny Evans and, and he knocked it away. And it was like, that was the one we were like, Oh, actually Arsenal are really quite impressive defensively. Like they yeah. really are like doing something, something good here. It's really working the way they, they, they've set things up right now. And so I think, um, yeah, I mean, Ramsdale again is a player I'm really looking at as my Sanchez replacement. And um, I mean, I have two transfers going to the game week 12. I just, it just seems silly for me to take a zero um, when I could, when I could make a transfer there. So, um, but yeah, I mean, everything else, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like you said, it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a fluky one for sure. It just points to how hard it is to get it, to get it right. I mean, yeah, but then you do have Reese James obviously with, with 21. So that brings us to game week 11, the game week that just concluded Brandon Yeah, and 118 points. I think probably the lowest total points, uh, the, the kind of a low scoring game week. Um, I'm, I'm just scrolling through to confirm, keep talking. Okay. But I think what's interesting about it is it's 118, but I've seen a lot of scores in the seventies and eighties. And I think it's, you know, it was 118 points, but it was, it was a lot of, it was kind of the opposite of game week 10, right? Where a lot of the players that are in this group are, um, well, it really just defensively, I guess. Right. I mean, it's, um, um, you have <laughs> maybe just two, actually you have Trent and Cancelo. So again, like you have the, the those, those two guys, uh, the midfield has got to be like the lowest ownership for any of the, any of these, Mm-hmm. Any any dream team midfielder? You got Fornells, Gallagher again. This th- Gallagher's third time in the in the dream team. Uh, Hayden Trossard, who's now playing as a forward, so definitely worth you know talking about more. Maybe on the Game Week Twelve preview podcast next week. And then uh, Harvey Barnes, who suddenly is like starting over Nacho again. I don't you know whatever it worked out though. I guess sort of they picked up a point. Uh, and then uh, and then Puki and Armstrong up front and. I actually would really like to see Armstrong become a reliable fantasy asset. I like watching him play. I like Armstrong. Sure. Yeah, and for seeing Fernals here, I, it's hard to deny how much he's leveled up this season than yeah. uh, Bowen in the game week uh, game week ten team. Bowen now on two goals and six assists. The six uh, wow. the six assists is what raises my eyebrow there. And, I feel like he's collecting some of the points that Antonio has been missing out on the last few weeks. But Fernals has just leveled up for sure. And he yeah. is finding himself in much more forward positions. And I, there's something about being a Ben Rama owner where you're like, mm, should Ben Rama be in that position? Is yeah. Fernals eating his lunch? Maybe, maybe he is. But West Ham, just you're really spoiled with that team. And I think coming out of the international break, making sure that you uh you're taking that into account if you look at west ham's fixtures coming up you got wolves followed by man city they're actually you know they're tricky until game week 16 wolves man city brighton chelsea through game week 15 yeah uh, like burnley arsenal and norwich in game week 18 so i think yeah i mean it's, it's kind of a tricky run for for antonio coming ahead but i think yeah again the, the gallagher's there various west ham players are there um, no Chelsea players cracked this one, although they, they certainly would have if it hadn't been for uh, for that late goal conceded. And, I, you know, so now that we've looked at all three of these, or all three of these, all 11 of these uh, kings of the game, yeah. Brandon, just if you, like, close your eyes, is there any player that's missing that you would have expected to have been in there or maybe going into the season you would have thought they would be there? Huh. 
That's a good question. I guess Rafinha, given how um, much he has weighed on our minds and how he is the standout best player in Leeds, and the only two players from Leeds we've seen in these teams have been Lorente and Cliche. So yeah. that is surprising to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, people talk about his lack of double digit returns. I mean, I, I don't, like to me, it's like, it just seems like you're you're missing the forest and the trees or whatever, right? Like it's yeah. he's got nine points the last two weeks. He's six point five million. He's got five goals in the season. You know, he's he plays in an attacking team. It's like this guy's like a dream player for for a fantasy team. Um, yeah, I think he's there. I think um, the fact that we haven't seen um, Bruno since game week one, I think yeah. that's that's really surprising and, and just points to how much Ronaldo kind of killed him as a fantasy asset. Um, and whether, whether he should be able to adapt or not, it's like Bruno was the man, Yeah, you know, like he was the man and it just has not clicked. And it's like, we kind of predicted that, right. Cause like Bruno does not, is not the man when he plays for Portugal either. Right. He just sort of, he's just not a, you know, a, a significant force in those, in those Portuguese national teams. And so I think, yeah, he's up there. Um, I guess I would have expected, um, Andy Robertson. I mean, that guy is, I bet in dream teams past, we must've seen him a million times, you know, pop up over, you know. Sure. You would have Reese James and Ben Chilwell this season. And then previous seasons, you're looking at Trent and and Robbo for sure. Yeah. Also, like, it's interesting to me too, that uh, David De Gea has made as many appearances as Ronaldo. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of funny, isn't it? Yeah, it like it does not feel. I mean, I guess he's had some moments to have this. I feel like he's like it's like it's real good with the bad with Gea so far this year. You know, good good matches and and and, and poor ones. And yeah, it's um, I don't know. I mean, he had a great match. I honestly had a pretty good match this week. Uh, to do the best he could. I think I actually think he. I, I was kind of curious how many saves he had. I think he only finished on two fantasy points, which felt a little unfair given how much yeah. he kept. You know, Man United in that match. He really did, and that the the uh, Bernardo Silva goal you you can't truly blame De Gea. I think like how can you expect both Maguire and Luke Shaw to just watch that ball go over their heads? I couldn't believe it went in. Like I don't know about you, but no one reacted, and even the announcers didn't. And so yeah. I I thought it. I I often find with that like those like side post shots and goals. It's you have to almost take a second to like. Yeah. to even tell if it went in or not, you know, it's like yeah. there was a moment in one of today's match. I can't remember which one it was, but there was like a, a side post shot. And I was like, I couldn't actually tell if they had scored or not for a second. Right. right. Well, here's to many more uh, Budweiser's being cracked throughout the rest yep. of the season. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, maybe we'll do another one of these in like 11 more weeks or the next, you know, in, in, in the spring, we'll take a look at the, uh, the, the last 11 and see if any, any new stories yeah. have, have emerged, you know, since then. Indeed. All right, Josh, let's take a break and we'll come back with a quick lightning round before we send everybody off into the international break. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. 
so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, Ben, we're back. Lightning round time. Just a short one this week. We'll be back next week with a game week. 12 preview podcast uh let's wait until we get an international break in the books by the way mexico and the u.s men's national team play this friday night and i'm yeah. very excited about that that is a proper proper match we are we're hanging out that night brandon with a friend of ours who is not a sports fan how are we going to convince him <laughs> to go to a bar that has this on the tv we're really gonna have to work on this he's a pleaser josh so we that's can convince true. him to do anything that's true that's true uh all right so uh lighting around here we go uh andrew searle so some of us definitely not me went fpl big brain and started the likes of Bomo over Cancelo. Was this week a lesson in just fielding fielding your best 11 players, or is it still worthwhile to chase good fixture upside with some of your bench assets? I think the answer is both. Um, it just it depends on the week, right? I mean, I would have bet money that Manchester United would have scored on City this weekend. I would have bet money. It was a, it was a tricky week for benching assets. It was. And, you know, I mean, I think for me, uh, Cancelo, I don't know. I mean, he still, he still would have had two assists, even if they hadn't, even if they conceded a goal. Right. I mean, obviously like, you don't know, like how, you know, the, the butterfly effect or whatever, uh, you know, maybe Ronaldo makes that volley, you know, it changes the, the tempo of the game or whatever. But, um, but I mean that you know the thing. The point is that Man City were good. They were going to create lots of chances. He's basically playing like a midfielder at this point. Like he's so far forward all the time, um, and he's doing that at Old Trafford. So if he's doing that there, he's going to do it. And you know, and well, I guess the point is like we're talking about like do you bench your best players in bad matches? And I think this is a week where it really didn't work out. So um, maybe we don't want to draw like a definitive like lesson here. But I think yeah. in general, I just play my best players, and I just hope that. Um, even if they concede a goal or whatever, that they're going to, you know, get something out of the match. I do think we have to admit that we just really did overestimate the power of Manchester United and OGS to play a competitive match. They were not able to, they were, they were abysmal. And I think that we probably just given the state of that club right now, we probably should have been better at predicting that. It's only because we've gone into them so much in this pod that we haven't done it, I think, in this one. Because it's like, I feel like it's, what what more can you say? Like, he clearly should be gone. And everyone knows it. And it's, yeah. you know, this idea, oh, there's no one there. Well, it's like, well, just, uh, I don't know, like, pick somebody, like, on like in your, like, training group. This is just, the problem, yeah, though, is yeah. that's how they ended up with Oli, right? They <laughs> yeah, just picked true. somebody who was, who was uh, sitting, you know, one row behind the actual dugout. And that's how they yeah. ended up with him. And they're like, well, let's put Giggsy in or Skolzy or any of these guys who the names end in E and um, don't they have an absolute fortune though? Can't they just like walk up to any manager <laughs> currently managing a club and be like, all right, here's like $5 million. Just like leave right now, or, you know, <laughs> just go like your last, your next, your last day is tomorrow. Like leave the club, leave your club. And I mean, I know it doesn't look good, but who cares? Like once you're there, you know, you know I was, I was yeah. thinking about the movie twins the other day in which uh, Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger are, paternal twins or fraternal twins. I don't know what the, the they, they're related and yeah. it's like a miracle of laboratory science that they, they created these guys. Yeah. And if we can create twins out of Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger, surely United can go into a laboratory and breed 
somebody who can manage this club better than OGS can. I mean, that's that's how I'm inclined to think, but I, I don't know. I, I still feel like like Darren Fletcher, maybe. Like that guy seems smart, right? I don't know. Like maybe him. me. I don't know. You? Like yeah. uh what about uh I don't know, uh whatever. I mean, like clearly like this is why they haven't done it, I I guess, but it feels like they could have had like a like just it doesn't it just feels like it's good management to have like a working list of managers you can call up if if needed you know it's like it's not like it's not like it was unpredictable that things could go sour with with OGS you know so sure if I'm doing my job and something goes wrong my boss will look to me and say like well you 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 have enough connections to fix this and that's kind of part of the remit of being good at your job and being in your job for a long enough period of time. Yeah, exactly. But the, the, the longer this yeah. goes on yeah. for, the harder it's going to be able to convince anybody like Zidane to be like, hey, so um, the trash really stinks. Um, yeah. Could you come take it out, please? And, you know, the longer it goes on, these the guys like Zidane will be like, no, thanks. I'm good. I know. That's like I actually felt bad for Dean Smith when he was getting uh, touted for the Norwich job. I'm like. What, like, what kind of punishment is that? Like, <laughs> hey, hey, Dean Smith, I know you got fired from a you know a, a pretty big club. Like, why don't you go and, like manage a team that is certain to lose and yeah. like carry the stink of relegation with you the rest oh, of your career? No. Big Big Sam is going to be wearing the brightest, yeah. biggest yellow jumpsuit you've ever seen. I heard uh, Frank Lampard is apparently uh, being a wow. uh, okay. favorite for that job. Okay, so we'll see. I guess that'll probably get resolved shortly. By the way, I I honestly think they wanted Fark. Farka to go out on a highlight, like on a high point. Oh, sure. Like I think yeah. it was, it was like they're like, hey, like, you know, you brought us up twice, clearly not working out, but you know, God bless you, you brought us up <laughs> twice, you know, like let's let you leave on a high note, you know. <laughs> but how do you orchestrate? I, I mean, I had the same thought, but I'm like, how do you orchestrate that? I mean, the way they were, I, I don't know. It's like maybe, they gave him a chance to get a win or something, mm-hmm. right? It's okay. like you know, yeah, yeah, playing Brentford. That, I don't that know. Might I mean, right. probably, that might be right. Otherwise, like, why do you sack them? It was like their best match of the season, right? They look good. Like, you know, it's, unless you knew, like, they just knew they were going to do it no matter what, I guess, right? You know, it was well, like, well yeah. see you, Farka. Thanks. Thanks for everything. Thanks for the memories. <laughs> thanks, thanks for the memories. Um, all right. Uh, Sam Driver says, I've had a double Aubameyang blank after a punt while Lukaku is injured. Should I be eyeing up Kane or Lukaku after the international break? Sam, you could have brought in Jamie Vardy and you'd be in the exact same situation. There was more logic behind. (laughs) Yeah, or anybody. They're all blanking. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, the only, the, the salt in the wound for Sam is that Aubameyang had the penalty miss. And, um, I mean, for, for Arsenal to be as playing as well as they are and Aubameyang is just not banging for your fantasy team is super frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, I'm not sure we have a great answer to the forward question. I mean, clearly, um, I mean, you got to do something with your money uh, too, right? Like you, you know, even if you're just only playing one, you got to start one forward. Um, and I don't know. I think uh, we'll see what happens with Ronaldo. Um, you know, I think they they play Watford away. I mean, if you, I, but I think Aubameyang is like three million cheaper than Ronaldo, so I, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure that would really work. I mean, I don't know. I, I, you know, I'll go back to what I said before. Just Raúl Jiménez, trust in him you're going to get like 15 goals this season from him. Almost certainly he's a great player, really reliable. Just that's, that's where I want to be like, and he's like a blue chip stock, you know, like it's just like, just yeah. put, you know, just invest in him and you'll be, you'll be fine. I was, I was uh, looking into Lukaku's injury earlier today and that's, I'm only there because uh, he's budget friendly for me. 
because I can't go up to Kane or Ronaldo from Vardy without a double swap. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it seems like with, with Lukaku, you've got two narratives where like, oh, this guy deserves a second chance. You think of how good he looked when those first couple of game weeks. Um, but now I know I'm just talking myself into that because he fits within my budget. And when we left Lukaku, when we last left Lukaku at Chelsea, the narrative wasn't good for our fantasy team. So I do want to bear that in mind. So if you look at Kane and or Lukaku, Sam, neither of these options feel good until we have a little bit more, a little little more padding in their fantasy scores. Well, Lukaku did have a tweet today, Brandon. Uh, On Twitter, he wrote four words, let's get this work. Not sure what that, not sure what that means. Okay. Don't think that's he's uh, moving into the private sector. Apparently. Correct. Let's get this. <laughs> let's get this work. It's like it sounds like uh, it sounds like he went like it's like he was working from home and he like went in <laughs> to like pick up a project, yeah. you know, to bring home to work on later or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, it's a it's a tricky one. Yeah. Um, all right, so I hope that answers your question, uh, Sam. Now, Lukaku uh, is zooming into the next match, apparently. <laughs> yeah, let's get this work. Uh, David Hunter says, why aren't we entertaining 4-5-1 or 5-4-1 formations? Very few strikers firing. The majority of the points are coming from the midfield. It ties in with what we are. I, I don't need to finish this question because it ties in with what we were talking about on this podcast so far. I guess that we have not talked enough about the 4-5-1 or 5-4-1. That is... It, it can't last, can it? Like this, like total dearth of forwards. It feels like it can't last. Yeah, it doesn't feel right. I mean, looking through all those kings of the game week squads, it was just like there was zero narrative, just like yeah. nothing going on yeah. in the striker quadrant. That's uh, crazy. So, so the, the number four forward in FPL this season, Brandon is Alan St. Maximum, who has two goals in the season. He's the number four rated forward in the season. Yeah. I mean, in terms of, in terms of total points. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, David's making sense. Given what we know, this makes sense. Are we being stubborn then Josh, or is it just leaving ourselves open? I feel like if, if you did an analysis, just looking at your team for the whole season, if you did an analysis of you dropped one or two of your forwards for whatever defenders you benched, would your overall score be that much better? I would be willing to bet that maybe just marginally it would, and it is worth still sticking with at least two strikers up front for the points potential. Because you talk a lot about a um, yeah. The point seal- ceiling for an attacking player versus a defender who, by and large, is is restricted to just six points on the clean sheet. Yeah. So I, I think that I this is going to take me a take a lot to move me off of that thinking. I just think we're it's just been a weird season with a couple of players really being out of form in the sort of post Aguero landscape and Kane not doing anything, you know, Ronaldo disappointing. I mean, there's a Lukaku being injured a a fair amount. Like there's a, there's a world where we're all, I mean, shoot, Brandon. I, I had, I had Lukaku and and Ronaldo just four weeks ago, right? I had 23 million tied up in two, two forwards just, just, you know, two weeks ago. So I think, um, you know, I don't know. Like the story of the season right now is that the forwards have nothing, but I think that that's the story that can change because, you know, like you said before, we've been doing this for more than a decade and, 
um, forwards have traditionally been very <laughs> important and invaluable. I mean, I, you know, I, the question for me, and we'll talk about this more next week is whether I actually captain Ronaldo, um, at Watford. I mean, that just like, if I have a 12.5 million Ronaldo in my team and I don't captain him at Watford, it's kind of crazy. Right. I mean, like Sal is at home to Arsenal. So it's, it's, it's certainly like legit to, to captain, but that could be a tricky match. Like, I'm not sure that that's like a, you know, an annihilation. Anyway, we'll, we'll save that for next week. I'm just, that's a tease for right now. Yeah. Um, and uh, less is the last question for this week's pod. Brennan, Jan, uh, Yane Ugadal says several teams of the high template rating have been flying recently. Is it MFFA approved, make fantasy fun again, approved to do well and enjoy your season with a template squad? Josh, if I asked you what superpower you'd want, what would you, what would your response be? I'd be the be the king of the game week. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Some people are like, "Oh, I'd like to be invisible," or um, but a lot of people are like, "I want to fly," and flying seems cool. Like, if enough people think that's a superpower, yeah, um, I think I would vote for that. I'm sorry that your team has a high template rating, but um, what sounds much more fun is turning to your coworker, or your friend, and saying, "I'm doing better than you in fantasy. How are you today?" It's a great feeling. It's it's one of the best feelings, honestly. I mean, you can't actually say it, you know, because they'll punch you in the face, but you can you can think it, you know, and that's almost as good. Um, all right. So thanks, everyone, for listening to the pod this week. We'll be back next week with a proper Game Week 12 preview. Um, and let us know what you thought about us going through the Kings of the Game Week because I, I enjoyed that, but, you know, I'm not always the most objective judge of whether that uh that's like you know these themes that we do on the podcast sometimes work or not so let us know uh and uh once again if you want to support the podcast you go to patreon.com slash always cheating to do so brandon i'll let you off the hook here and i'm going to say thank you to our producer patrons this week mike DePietro, trevor ingerson chris howell nice win for tennessee chris andy penn brian martin savage brian t the big gaffer Bobas coon jeff husby ben grant james holland dave boykner lodal nick wright Jim Payne. Haven't heard from you in a while, Jim. Hope you're doing well. Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Farberg, Skogang, Paul Herzig, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsey Rostal, Anton Markoff, at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, number one, Brandon. Well done, Carrie. Great, great yeah. season. Crushing in the Elks Lodge, yep. That's right. Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stew, Mikey Yuang. I'm only five points ahead of him, and I think the always cheating Patreon League, he was pointing that out to me. So I got to hold him off. Bruce Kerr, Sam Shower, Rich Evans, Future Media Group, FPL, Ben Sweeney, George Kinney, Shiv Majoria, Rom Frosk, AJ. By the way, Shiv, sorry we couldn't make it work this weekend. Yeah. Too much family stuff happening. Next time, Shiv. Yep. AJ, Jeremy Spiker, Lazarus Unois, uh, Jesse Halstead, Matthew Becker, Kyle of Robbie, Todd Byerly, Albert Paxway, Martin Ospeth, Lee Hickman, Vulgar, Paulson Kruger, Yasbin, Jasbinning, Francis Moore, managed by Lasso, and James Keatley. Thank you to everyone who supports the podcast in any way. That can include rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast. Brand, anything else you want to say? Sure, man. Follow us. <laughs> Don't let your always cheating experience end when this podcast ends. Follow us on Twitter. At Hell Cheaters Instagram at Hell Cheaters. Maybe I'll post a cheeky pic. I know we need this break. I I took some photos recently. I haven't posted them yet. I I I have these these, like I'm like yeah yeah some pics. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, I gotta gotta get those up. Um, Yeah, Uh, outstanding. We love our socials and we want to interact with you there. Also, email us hailcheaters at gmail.com. All this information and more is 
at alwayscheating.com. And Josh, I just want to shoot us into the break by saying, Poku forever. Pulisic, um, please uh, come back stronger and help us beat Mexico yeah. on Friday. Yeah, I hope that was. I thought it was where you were going to say Poku forever, Pulisic never, and that would have that would have worried me. <laughs> no, I've got no quarrel with Pulisic. No, no, he, he always looks good, just can't stay healthy. Darn it all! Uh, all right, well, thanks everybody for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.